Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob here, and uh, Michael has just asked me about how do I plan my own self-development and self-improvement, whether that is gym. I mean, he obviously asked that because I'm a Greek statue. I mean, obviously, you can see that, ladies. (laughs) I'm getting sniggered out here. Uh, But also my education, maybe my business development and growth. I think it's a brilliant question. Now, of course, there are a few critics and skeptics who, you know, don't believe in property training. You can find everything on Google and you learn from your own mistakes out there in the real world. I don't think you can learn everything from Google. Otherwise, everyone would be a millionaire. I think there's a lot of information on Google. But how do you disseminate that information into what's relevant to you? And how do you know who's giving the information is credible and someone you want to model and follow? And that's what Google doesn't tell you. Also, I think that it's really bad conventional wisdom if you were to look at it as a contrarian. You know, when people say, if you want something doing properly, do it yourself. I think that's really stupid advice. I think if you want something doing properly, give it to someone who's good at it. Because how often are we, as individuals, trying to fix problems we can't fix? You wouldn't repair a boiler. One, because you can't. And two, because actually there'd be a health and safety issue. But a lot of us are trying to fix shit that's broken that we're no good at fixing. So when you try and fix something that's broken that you're no good at fixing, what happens? You break it some more. So I'm not saying don't learn from your mistakes. Try to learn from your mistakes. I'm just saying if you want something done, it's probably best getting someone who's good at it to do it. Like if you wanted to do a joint venture contract, you'd probably get a commercial lawyer. I mean, it would make complete sense, wouldn't it? Um, So because of that, I think it's vital to have mentors, to, um, I have actually, I don't know, I can't even believe I'm admitting this, but it's all part of my ongoing therapy, but I have a therapist now. Um, and in America, they brag about their therapist and in England, it's kind of frowned upon. And I don't know if you're looking at me in shock or like, well, of course Rob's got a therapist. This is nothing new. Um, and I'll talk about that in a minute. So having mentors, coaches, therapists, podcasts, audiobooks, influencers, peers, masterminds. For me, it's vital to be connected in all those areas. Now, at certain times of my life, some are more required than others. Like I've never had a therapist, um, but I just feel myself needing to talk to someone just to get shit off my chest who isn't trying to solve it for me. Now, I've always gone to coaches and mentors because I want them to solve my problems. But I'm at the stage in business now, 12 to 15 years in. I'm in a 12-year marriage. I mean, for me, these are world records because my previous relationship, well, I never even got round past first base, let's be honest. So I'm now 12 years in and there's stuff I need to talk about that. Um, And my business is, my career of business is 15 years in. So I think 
having people to talk to for the sake of talking who do not judge so you can have some kind of cathartic exorcism of your inner demons, I think is vital. And sometimes it could just be a friend, but you have to have this, you have to say to this person and they have to be willing, is it okay if you don't try and fix my broken shit and just listen to me? I mean, for, for years, my wife used to say to me, I don't want you to fix my problems. I just want you to listen. And because when she would talk to me about things she's maybe, you know, having challenges with, my desire is always to solve. I mean, we're all entrepreneurs. Your desire is to solve, to fix. And sometimes you need that and sometimes you don't. So whether it's good friends who you can trust, who don't judge you, or, or, or an official therapist, I think it's great to have someone in your life where you get that need met. And I think I've had a hole in my life where I've not had that need met. Because I Mark and I have always talked to each other, but we're at the point now where we're pretty big. And so if I've got a problem that's related to his part of the business, it's hard for him not to judge. If, he's, if he wants to go, oh, well, you know, recession might be coming. We might need to look at, let it, you know, reducing the workforce. But I love all of my stuff and I don't want to reduce the workforce. And I might find that hard to not judge. But he's just looking at a profit and loss. I'm looking at 160 eyeballs looking at me like this. So, you know, like, I think that that's been really valuable for me. Now, mentors, I've always sought out people a level or two levels above me. And I think it's vital to do that. And obviously the thing with a mentor is they're different from a coach. So a coach is someone who's trained to ask good questions uh, and maybe their experience is less important than their ability to be a coach. A mentor is someone who's wildly successful and been there and done it, but there's no expectation of accountability and support. So a coach, there's some expectation of accountability and support. A mentor is, I've done it. You want to ask me questions about what I've done. I'll tell you what I've done and maybe we'll meet for lunch or dinner every now and again. And that's, and, and that's how you use me. So with a mentor, you can get a paid mentor, which is like a hybrid of a coach and a mentor, but you could get a billionaire as a mentor or a hundred millionaire if you can get lunch with them once or twice a year and you buy lunch and you get to ask them the 11 questions in a conversation over an hour's period of time, they're a mentor. So I go for free and I go for paid. And obviously, I think you do that. Now, the paid, the upside to paid is accountability and what you can demand of them. You can't chase a billionaire and go, come on, get back to me. What's that voice in my mind? Oi! Bill, Warren, for fuck's sake, get back to me. It's not quite going to work. But, you know, a mentor or a coach who you've paid, there's a responsibility from them. But of course, I want to get on the same table, in the same room with someone who's worth 100 million or a billion or whatever. Now, so I've always tried to have mentors and I've always tried to have coaches and I've always tried to have paid ones and I've always tried to find big hitters. 
Of course, finding big hitters who you don't pay is much harder than finding someone and paying. But for me, it's not an, an, an either or. It's a, what, why wouldn't you do it all? Now, I've found another sneaky little way to do this that I didn't even realise, and that was by having a podcast. Because I get to meet them by interviewing them. And then we build a relationship that way. And usually I get their mobile phone number. And I got the mobile phone number of some wildly successful people. Um, usually there's a, a friendship forged afterwards. Not always, but usually. Uh, and many of them I would regard as acquaintances. And some of them have become very good friends. And so, hey, look, you're not necessarily here to start a podcast. But that might help you. It might merge in the, finding the mentors with the finding the JV partners and business partners with building your own brand, having a podcast. So that certainly helped me. Okay, so I, I have, but I haven't directly answered your question. So I'm going to now go back and, and, and give you maybe my a, a usual day in this regard. So I try and work out if I can at a time in the day where A, I feel the least lethargic and B, I can get a bit of net time leverage in. So that might be also listening to an audiobook or podcast, or it might actually be doing calls. Though if you do a, a fairly full on workout and you do calls, you have to warn them first. Otherwise, they think you're weird. <laughs> Just to let you know, I'm doing chin ups while um, <laughs> otherwise they might. Why are you breathing heavily down the phone? So, because if everything I've just said, I can't realistically fit into a day or a week. So I've got to have some leverage trade-off. So for me, my ongoing daily education is podcasts and audiobooks. And, the, and, the, and, and YouTube videos sometimes, but the reason not YouTube videos is because I've got to find time in the day to sit down and watch a YouTube video. So if I want to concentrate heavily on something or something is clearly very valuable, I'd watch a YouTube video in an evening. But a podcast and an audiobook I can do in the gym, in the car. So I get up at five, I go to Costa Coffee at half five, I listen to the podcast or the audiobook there and back, on going to work and back. So I recently just finished David McCourt, the billionaire who's coming back. I'm bringing him back over from the US. He's coming to, when I say I'm bringing him, I'm not walking over there holding his hand and bringing him back. Um, but I'm running a, an event with him and another podcast on December the 2nd. So I just finished his book. Um, so that, that was great. And I listened to that in the car. Um, so podcasts and audiobooks. I sometimes get up to four or 500 podcasts and audiobooks done in a year by listening to them in the gym and in the car. So I get the net time. Now, I know most of you are probably now on side with that. I mean, many of you drive to one, two, three hours to be here. That is such valuable time. You should be listening to podcasts and audiobooks. The Be Your Own Bank joint venture audio program if you want to do joint ventures. If you want to learn time management, listening to my book, Start Now, Get Perfect Later and Life Leverage. If you want to make more money, listening to my audiobook, Money. The next thing is I, I use the two times speed function. And a lot of people say to me, I've tried that, but I can't retain it. And it's really difficult to listen to. I actually think you can train your brain to listen to it and retain it. And I think a lot of people struggle with retaining information because they try it. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm not remembering any of that. And they stop it. 
instead of just allowing it to go in their unconscious mind. I mean, you're not consciously thinking about hypnosis when you're being hypnotized. You're not consciously thinking about the Headspace app that you listen to when you're meditating, but you know it's going into your unconscious mind. So it's the same with two times speed. There's the odd author I can't listen to on two times speed because it's just too fast. So that has to be 1.5. But that's another little way to answer your question directly, which is getting more into the day. Um, I like to follow all the top influencers in the areas I want to develop. Now, I think people get themselves a bit overwhelmed because they're like, oh, well, I'm following loads of different influencers. I, I've got a lot of mentors because there is the kind of too many mentors overwhelm. It is a real thing. So I believe when you're researching and when you're looking into a new subject, you should go wide but narrow. You know, they have the saying there's the mile wide, inch deep, or there's the inch wide, mile deep. So I think you go a mile wide and an inch deep when you're in research mode. Let's say you wanted to get into building a personal brand on social media or podcasting or marketing your business. You're wise to find as many influencers and experts as you can. Subscribe to their podcasts, like them and follow their page on Facebook, follow them on Instagram. When you go, when you go through all of that, by the way, you'll soon realise half of them... Okay, maybe they're not as influential as I thought because they haven't got any of those assets. And then you're left with half. And then you just listen to a few episodes and watch a few video videos them all. And then you go, hmm, that one, not relevant to me. That wrong niche, don't like that one. And then you're left with a third or a quarter. And then you listen to it a bit more and then you pick a couple off and then you go, right. In property, I'm listening to, you know, Robin Mark. And then I'm going inch wide, mile deep. So that's what I've been doing for quite a few years. So I listen to everyone, but I only go a mile deep on a few. Like in personal development, I went a mile deep with John Demartini. Every single book is done. I think I've read or listened to. Dozens, pretty much every single one. Any courses I could have gone on of his, I went on. Now, I've done loads of personal development and gone wide on Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar. I went relatively deep on Tony Robbins in the early days because that was what I needed. And of course, there's, there's loads. And, and it really benefited me to go a mile deep with John's work because I, I found that it was, for me, the most balanced personal development I've listened to. Um, next then is making yourself uncomfortable. So again, I think there's some bad advice around, around this in the personal development world. So I don't believe that go all in or um, go big or go home or sometimes 10x. I'm not sure that's the best advice because when it comes to getting uncomfortable, if you get too uncomfortable, you could have an adverse emotional reaction to that and create a trigger and never want to go back there again. So I believe it's smart to go progressively and incrementally uncomfortable. Because then you don't have this epic fail because you went too big. Like if you think about that all in, that is really bad advice. If you had 200 grand 
would you put it, would you have put it all into Enron? Well, I mean, that might look, look like a good investment before the scandal. And if you think Thomas Cook, what if you went all in and shares on Thomas Cook? It's, it's, it's bad advice. So I think as a mentality, committing is good advice, but I think it leaks out to bad advice. So I'm trying to make myself progressively uncomfortable. So what that means is reaching out to people who are bigger players and risking getting rejected by bigger players. That's a bit uncomfortable. Um, going to networking events and being the least successful person in the room because it's way more comfortable to be the most successful person in the room. Um, at trying things like TikTok. I, I don't know if any of you know about that app, but basically it's barely teenagers lip syncing to songs. That makes me feel relatively uncomfortable to do that. But it's massive. And I know people who've built 70,000 followers in two months. So fuck it. Let's give it a go. Let's see what happens. Maybe I've got a new brand. So I'm going to experiment with unfamiliar and for me, uncomfortable social media platforms. Because how else do you grow? And by the way, that is personal development, isn't it? Getting more progressively uncomfortable is personal development. So I try and do lots of little things in my day if I can to get comfortably uncomfortable. So if I have a question for someone and I don't dare answer it, I've managed to get a part of my brain to go ask it. Whatever. It might be because I'm nervous. It might be because I'm worried about being judged. It might be because it's a bit of a risky question. So I'll just, I'll have a part of my brain that's gone, fuck it, just try it. You know what I'm like when I speak on the stage. And if there's the thing that shouldn't be said, I usually say it. Because it's a test and it gives me more confidence. And on the rare occasion that maybe it's the wrong thing to say, well, I can always take that feedback on. Approaching people and talking to people who you might be uncomfortable talking to people. I'm actually not particularly comfortable in social situations. If there's a business element, ah, oh, I feel good now, I'm all good. But purely social uh, situations, I'm pretty uncomfortable in. So I'm trying to push myself to do more of that. Um, next then, there's a lot here. This is, a, we're nearly 20 minutes in to the first question. Uh, and that is, I am absolutely obsessed and fascinated by documentaries on Apple TV, Netflix, etc. And I like life's little hacks where you get upside leverage benefit. So, yeah, we all know you've got to be persistent. You've got to be consistent. You know, you've got to just keep doing it. And if you keep doing it for years and years, you'll end up being successful. But there are life's little hacks which can accelerate success uh, and can cheat time. And one of them is watching all of the biographical and the business documentaries on Netflix and Apple TV. Because for me, that is relaxation, entertainment and education. And surely that's a, a, a triple win. So, for example, I mean, you've all heard me talk about the Alexander McQueen documentary, which was a, an absolutely brilliant documentary in its own right. I think it might be my favourite ever. It was highly educational 
And it was so emotionally moving. It disrupted my entire 2019. And I watched it on the 2nd of January. And there's so many documentaries on Netflix and HBO and iPlayer on BBC and Apple TV that are like these amazing gold mines of inspiration and education and motivation instead of shit films. So that's another little hack I found. So I reckon my top three documentaries, and it's hard because obviously the ones on Steve Jobs are really good. The Pixar one was great. The Lego one was brilliant. There's so many great ones. So many. Supermensch was awesome. But, and I, but um, I would say Senna is probably in my top three. I love watching documentaries on wildly successful, but very passionate and creative and disruptive and, and unique people. I mean, I think we're all unique. I've been watching all the documentaries on Kevin Peterson. I'd love to get him on my podcast. He is so fascinating. The guy is, is an absolute genius, but a flawed genius, as I think all geniuses are, as we all are. So I've been watching everything of him at the moment. Um, but I watched on BBC iPlayer, uh, the documentary on Billy Munger, and I don't know if any of you have seen that. Um, for those of you that have, you will, won't even need me to say anything else. Long story, very short, is um, very talented up-and-coming Formula 4 driver. Um, I've actually just been connected to him. I'm trying to get him on my podcast. I WhatsApped him this morning. Um, probably going to win Formula 4, only 17 years old. Was racing. There's a, uh, yeah, was racing. Uh, and the, the, one of the first scenes in the documentary is him racing and you're in the car and it's so fast and a car moves out of the way and he goes straight into the back of another car and the car just goes straight through the car. Um, and he was in a coma for a few days and he had both of his legs amputated from the knee, knee, well, one just below the knee and one from the knee down. And the story is his recovery. His fight to the governing body to get disabled people to be able to drive and then him going back and competing in Formula 3. And like, you cannot watch that without being so motivated and so grateful and so inspired. You just can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. Now, I used to watch Walking Dead. And 24... And one, I ain't learning shit. And two, they take forever to get through those series. Not anymore. So that was a 23-minute answer to your question. But I wanted to give you, and that was just to give you all time to come up with your own question, of course. But for me, this is a lifelong pursuit. It's not about doing one course and stopping. It's not about following one person and stopping. It's not about buying one course. And, oh, I don't need to spend any more money. Now, there is one curse, the curse of personal development that no one talks about. Well, actually, there's a few. One is overwhelm. So you have to be careful not to spread yourself too thin and follow too many mentors. And because sometimes if you follow too many people, they say go left, they say go right. Grant Cardone says, don't buy your own home. Robin Mark says, do. Well, Grant Cardone's got more money. Well, Robin Mark are in the UK. Who do you listen to? Mark, Grant says 10x, Mark says 1.1x. <laughs> and it, it can't, like, you've got to be smart enough to filter all the information and, and 
The, the only bit no one can do for you, which is you, and you, this is self-awareness, is what do you take and implement into your own life? What do you accept and reject in your own life? Only you can do that. Um, so overwhelm is a first world problem. Um, and then the next thing is when you've done so much personal development and you cock things up, you're like, oh, I shouldn't be cocking things up because I've done so much personal development. I should know better. I've spent so much money on courses. I've spent so much money on my mindset and I'm still fucked off. And I get that quite a lot where I'm like, I should know better. But everything has a downside. So, hey, look, I think both of those are first world problems. All right, cool. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Mwah.